I'm going to read from verse, uh, verse 5, Exodus chapter 14. Um, the title of the message today is Advance with Boldness. Um, uh, and <clears throat> many times, one of the reasons why most people don't achieve their goals, their dreams, or even the call of God in their lives is that sometimes experiences would hinder us, especially if you've had experiences in the past that were not so good. They are confident deflators, if anything. Anybody watch the Huskers basketball? Anybody follow them? I mean, we've got two wins in a row now. Woo! Yeah. And, you know, once, once you start losing a couple games, you start, you start messing with your mind, you know? And, and before you know it, and before you know it, you, you just can't really get your grip. You're not even playing your game. And all of a sudden, you lose another one. And all you need is just one win. You need just one win to actually get get through. And some of those experiences happen for us in real life, where you had maybe, was so fired up, so excited, and then you fail, you stumble, you have a situation where your opponents or your enemies end up winning over you, and your confidence dies down. But the truth of the matter is, once you sit down and you don't have any confidence, you don't have any boldness, you will not achieve anything. Some people get down there and they never leave. Now, I want to read the story. This is the most documented story in the Old Testament, uh, in the story of the children of Israel going into the bondage in, in Egypt, and they were, had lived as slaves there for 400 years. And, and, and there was a story of deliverance. They always cried out to the Lord. They had been mistreated. They had been oppressed. And, 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 and they got to a time that, that, that the independence will come to their hearts. And God will send a deliverer by the name of Moses. And we know the story. I want to pick just a little part of the story. And this is when immediately after they left Egypt. Okay. So verse 5. Follow along. When the word reached, and, 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 and when, when, when they had left Egypt, it was through a series, for those maybe are not very familiar with the story, there was a series of, um, of um, fights. It, it wasn't easy, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden God had shown up on their behalf using Moses incredibly, uh, but the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, did not want to let them go. It, it would have messed up with everything, life in Egypt as they had known it. But it got to a point, they were so frustrated, and they said, okay, we're going to let them go. And now, all the slaves had left Egypt, and they are on their way, advancing to their destiny. And then this happened. When the word reached the king of Egypt, that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. Now, what have we done letting all those Israelite slaves get away? They asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariots and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. Then the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh and the king of Egypt, so that he chased after the people of Israel who had left with their fists raised up in defiance. So the Egyptians chased after them and all the forces of Pharaoh's army, all the horses and the chariots, his charioteers and his troops, the Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were 
camped beside the shore of Pi-Hahiroth across from Baal-Ziphon. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough grace for us in Egypt? What have you done to us, Moses? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Can you hear their language now? Didn't we tell you that this was going to happen? I knew it. I should have never believed that guy. He was a hoax. He was a phony. How? He started thinking, I was such a... Why did I believe him? We told you that this would happen. Well... We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves in Egypt. It's better to, to be a slave in Egypt than to be a corpse in the wilderness. Man, I think they were being a little dramatic here. <laughs> and I know some of us do act that way sometimes. <laughs> but Moses said, told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still, relax, chill, take it easy, and watch the Lord rescue you today. Because the Egyptians you see today, you will never see them again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Don't worry. Woohoo, be happy. Chill. Relax. Don't panic. Don't be afraid. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The one who is for you is greater than the one who is against you. You won't even have to lift a finger, says the Lord. He will fight for you. See, God knew that where they were headed, they had been damaged so much in their mentality, in their view, in their perception of themselves, that they didn't see themselves of who they were. Because the true thing is, the Israelites were children of Abraham who had been promised great things by God. God said he would never leave the descendants. They had lost their identity in the midst of their, of their life of slavery and bondage. But God knew that he had to change their mentality if they were to go out and achieve all that he had in store for them. He does the same thing for us. You look at verse 10, he says that then when the people looked up, uh, and their the immediate response was panic. When they saw Pharaoh closing in on them, when he saw the, Egy the Egyptians coming in on them, then, then, then their true mentality was exposed. And here they are, on one hand they are crying to the Lord, on the other hand they are starting to blame whose fault is it? It must be Moses. He conned us. He convinced us. He promised everything. And now we are, we are. The reason why this was a really, really bad situation for them is because they had gone a different route. And it wasn't even the longest route. And uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the shortest route for them to go. Because in front of them was the Red Sea. So they really could not come back and reroute. They were pushed into a corner. I was going to say push between a hard rock and a hard place, but I think this, this is a rock and a wet place because <laughs> it was water. The sea is in front of them. 
And they're thinking, we are toast. This is over. And in a time of panic, they start saying things. But what they were saying is what was inside of them. They weren't coming up with new things. You see, many times, when we come under pressure, it's what's inside of us that will come out. You get in a heated debate with your husband or your wife, and then you say something that you shouldn't have said, but you already said. Oh, so you are thinking that. How many have ever found themselves in that place? And then you have to deal with the situation. But the truth is that that thing needed to come out, and it only took pressure for it to come out. And the pressure came out, and inside of them, they were living in fear. They weren't really sure whether to trust this guy called Moses. Even though they had seen God work miracles and miracles on their behalf to get them to this point. They still were dealing with fear, lack of confidence. They were not walking with boldness. But God allowed them to go through this route, and you realize, if you read the story, you realize this whole thing was designed by God himself. He even designed the route. In fact, it says that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart <laughs> so that he will continue to chase after them. But I love, I love if you read, I'm not going to read the whole story, but you can read it on your own at your own good time. It says that the Lord wanted, not the Israelites only, he even wanted the Egyptians to know who he is. God wanted to make himself known. Are you going through situations in your life that make you panic? They make you wonder, man, what have I gotten myself into? How can I get out of this? And sometimes the Lord, it's a setup from God. Because God wants to reveal himself in your situation. Because there are sometimes some things that you, maybe you can handle and take care of and think, hey, I'm just that good. But there are some things you get out of and you think, wow, if it hadn't been for the Lord, where would it be? If it wasn't for his grace. If it wasn't for his mercy upon my life, where would I be? Yes. <coughs> you know what God wanted uh, to do for him, for them? He wanted to, to assure them that they belonged to him. That you belong to me. That you're no longer slaves, but you're my sons and my daughters. See, a life of confidence comes in knowing who you are. Galatians 4, 7 says this, so you are no longer slaves, but God's child. And since you're God's child, God has made you an heir according to the promises. He says he no longer calls us slaves. He calls us friends. We are his sons and his daughters. God wanted to change their mindset. He wanted them to be confident and to, to, to be bold and to understand who they really were. Go back one verse, Galatians 6, uh, 5, 4, 6. says, because you are his sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. And that spirit calls out to him, Abba, Father. That's a word, it's really it's an, it's an intimate word. And it really loosely translates with the word we use these days as daddy. Like you're that close. 
that you can call God daddy. No, just God. We've had uh, <laughs> some construction guys at our house lately. It was one of those deals. Our house was built 20 years ago. And code, you know how codes change every single time? But then you had one time over the stairway, we had a little uh, one-year-old feed her head in the railing. Sarah called me and says, Houston, we got a problem. <laughs> we got a one-year-old's head in between the railing. I'm like, this is going to be done yesterday. You know, and it obviously doesn't take yesterday. And thank God nobody's fallen. Thank God she didn't try to be Superman or anything like that. And uh, so we had construction guys in our house. Nice guys that came in and kind of ch- changed our railing and all that. And, and it's funny because when they walk in, they just come in and they go straight to the to their job site, the stairs, and they work on what they do, you know. Uh, they, don't, they don't come in and, and, and help themselves to a cup of coffee or take a TV remote or anything like that, you know. But when my son Luca walks into the house, he doesn't do the same thing. Man, he'll open the fridge, look what's it for him, you know, get himself on the couch. You know, he acts like he owns the place. <laughs> but the truth is, he actually owns the place because he's my son, you know. Everything that's mine is his as well. And so, and, and, and that's the mentality that God wants us to have, because sons act differently. I guess those guys hang out with our house for a long time. They're good guys, and we have good conversation, but it's not their home. Yeah. Even if they have to use the bathroom, say, can I use your bathroom? Because it's not theirs. <laughs> but God wants us to think of ourselves with the work that is done as sons and daughters. All the promises that he has declared of our lives, we approach God, not just some faraway person. He says, you're mine. John chapter 1 and verse 12 talks about how Jesus came into the world and how he became flesh and he dwelt among us and, and, and he became one of us. And that he died, God died for us to redeem us, just like he did redeem the children of Israel. In verse 12 he says, But as many who receive him, to them he gave them rights to be called the children of God. See, everyone that ever walks the planet, everyone that walks the earth, everyone is good. All people are God's people. Now, some people are not good people. They're not all good people. There are some bad guys out there. I heard yesterday, uh, a couple of days ago, was some, in Illinois someplace, uh, a guy was getting fired at his job, and before he would receive his statement, took out his gun and took out a few people that were innocent. That had nothing to do with it. I mean, there's some angry people out there. Yeah. There's some bad people out there. And all these people are God's people. But there's a change that comes when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. He says that when that happens, when we, re, when we repent of our sins, when we ask Jesus into our lives, when we, when we receive him as our Lord and our Savior, there is a change that happens. We no longer just become people of God. We become children of God. Right. Amen. And once we become children of God, we become benefactors of all the blessings that go along with being children. When you know that in your heart, it changes even how you pray. It changes how you pray. I just read in Galatians 4, 6, it says, because we are children, the Lord puts his spirit, the spirit inside of us, and in that spirit, out of that spirit, it says we cry out with a spirit that says, 
Daddy, Daddy. Abba, Father. So I pray differently. I can dare to pray bold prayers because I know who my father is. I know who I belong to. And God wanted them to go through this route so that they can have the confidence of who they were. The road ahead was going to be a lot of um, a, a lot of trials will still come. Things that will still have to fight, force people. They weren't ready to fight battles. They were not ready. They are ill prepared. The moment they saw the Egyptians coming after them, they panicked. They panicked. But the places where they were going, they had hurdles to climb that they needed to be equipped for. And God wanted to deal for on the inside, what was happening on the inside of them, so that they can take care of what's happening on the outside. You can't win those battles on the outside if your raging was on the inside. If you're not confident of who you are and who you belong to, then, then you will be intimidated by trials of this life because life will always have trials. And so it's so easy to have a wrong image of ourselves. You know, rather than seeing ourselves as sons and daughters of God, too many times we develop that slave mentality like the Israelites did. With, we live as if we are, have a disadvantage in our lives. We don't pray bold prayers sometimes. We don't believe uh, for, for our dreams. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't expect good breaks. I mean... Sometimes you just respond like, oh, look at the negative and the negative and the negative. I mean, God is about to do good things. You're not at a disadvantage. Don't pray meek prayers. Pray God-sized prayers. Dare to pray. Today was a great strong word that came out this morning. I said, you know, if you didn't open your mouth in faith and prayed, you need to change your mentality. Because God works in seasons. He walks in season, and he says well, we are to, to be discerning enough to recognize the season of God, of God. Sometimes it's not a time of harvest. We know that very well in Nebraska. Do you see any farmers running around harvesting right now? It's not happening. Because it's not the season for it. And so even in our spiritual walk, and God uses agricultural analogies throughout the Bible to give us a mental picture of how to understand the spiritual side. There are seasons of harvest, and there are seasons of just waiting and preparation and, and whatnot. And so when you hear a word like that come, God's saying, I'm about to do something special today. God, I want the fullness of what you have. Yes. There's an old hymn that we used to sing a long time ago that used to go, you know, well, yeah, do not pass me by. Remember, remember, old timers remember that hymn. You know, when God, you're moving, do not pass me by. Do not pass me by. I want, I want to receive what you're doing right now and know the, the seasons. So some people don't think they deserve to be blessed because you've made too many mistakes maybe. Maybe you've gone, you've gone through so much or, or, or come to, you've come from the wrong family. They may not say it out loud, but they, 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 that mentality is still in their head, uh, that slave mentality, me, mediocrity, lack, or, addic- or maybe thinking I'm always going to deal with this addiction. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. You can believe God to be completely free even of addiction. 
It's not a road that people cannot get deliverance from. It's not something that is too big for God to, to bring um, a, a miracle in, to set you free from. Some people have been damaged for so long and they don't see beyond. They don't see themselves free. They only think, okay, this is going to be a tough road for me because I'm always going to have to deal with it. I want to speak to you today and say, as a son, as a daughter of the most kind of king, you don't have to always deal with it. Your God is able. He that is in you is able. You can do all things, as Paul says. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Why? Because I am a son. So I walk with the boldness of the son. That's what helps me advance because I recognize that I am a son of the Most High King. Sons don't give up and settle for mediocrity when obstacles block, block their paths or situations seem to be unfair on them. When you know you are a son and a daughter of the Most High, you have boldness, you have confidence, and you expect God's favor. It becomes an expectation. I was praying with the, we were praying with the other pastors in the morning, and I know one of the prayers that came out is a prayer of just expectation. When you pray, expect good things. Don't just go through a religious a ritual of opening your mouth and calling on God, it says the prayers of faith God responds to. So if you're praying for something today, expect good things. Expect good results in your prayers. Because God is taking you someplace. If you would allow him to walk with you. But what about the disappointments? Maybe you prayed sometimes. Maybe there are sometimes you waited and waited and nothing happened. And, uh, and, 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 and now you are afraid to, to, to put yourself out there. You're afraid to open up your mouth and pray for incredible things. Because you had hope that was defied in your heart for long and now you don't want to put yourself out there. These guys had been slaves for 400 years. We haven't even been that long existed as a country. Can you imagine the damage that it had done after all the mistreatment, the deviling of who you are? Can you imagine the residual impact of that had had on them? And yet God is daring them to say, hey, even that past does not define you. I'm taking you into a promise, a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm going to be your God. I am going to be your helper. And I will display my strength through your life that all things are possible with God. Yes. I'm going to take all the limitations. Because many times, not many times, actually almost always, our past will hinder us from our future if we let it. Because once you decide and determine, this year I'm going to go for my dreams. This year I'm going to go for that job. This year I'm going to go finish that book that I started 20 years ago. This year I'm going to do everything that God... Your past will come back to you. You remember last time you tried and failed? They laughed at you. You felt bad about yourself. Remember last time you made mistakes. Sometimes it's not even failure. Sometimes it's just... We just make terrible mistakes ourselves. My own judgment call, my own bad decisions that follow me. And Satan likes to use those things to just speak into our minds always. Oh, you're not worthy. You, you, you don't have enough. 
You're not talented enough. You're not educated enough. You don't have enough resources. You're not connected with the right people. You don't have enough money. You don't have the capital. He'll tell you everything that you can't and everything that you're not. And God says, it doesn't matter. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it in Jesus' name. Satan walks like Pharaoh did here. I mean, they, all of a sudden, Pharaoh says, we messed up. Can you imagine? Why are we letting these people go? And he just, he comes out in full force to come after them. He sends the best chariots, you know. <laughs> wow, can you imagine? Comes after them in full strength. And when they look back and they see the oppressor coming at them, it reminds them of the past. It reminds them of the brick and mortar. It reminds them of the whips that they got when they tried to disobey the master even for a little bit. And it causes fear to come into their hearts. And all of a sudden, they're in panic. They don't know what to do. Because they're in it beyond themselves. And right there is where God says, Moses uses, God uses Moses to speak and says, guys, chill. I got this. Relax. You see those Egyptians you see today that have intimidated you for your entire life. Throughout generations. The ones you see today, you will never see them again in your life. What a step of faith. And I'm speaking to someone today. There's something you've been dealing with maybe for a long time. Maybe something you're even ashamed of. Maybe something that brings fear in your life or brings shames in your life. I'm speaking to you the word of the Lord today. That bondage, that sickness, that disease, that terrible thing of the past that you see today, you shall see it no more. Let God work in your life. Be peace. Enjoy it. Enjoy his peace. Enjoy his goodness. Know you are a son. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't even count our sins against us. He doesn't do that. He says that as far as our sins go, the Lord says that he throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. If God chooses to forget it, because of course God is omniscient, he knows all things, so when he chooses to forget it, you can forgive yourself. And start looking ahead, not behind. The past will hinder you if you let it. But God says it's not about yesterday. It's not about the failure. Today, I'm doing a new thing. If you're going to fulfill the dreams that God has planted into your heart, if you're going to move forward and advance in your destiny, you need to move forward and press forward with the boldness of a son and a daughter, knowing who you are. I'm going to close in this because sometimes there's a disconnect into how do I get that boldness? How do I get that? Well, God, God gives us ways to do it. One of the things we were singing in that last song there is when the Holy Spirit moves into our lives, He stirs something. He inspires something inside of us that we cannot generate just out of sheer strong will. 
No, there are some things that it's not what we can do. It's just allowing God to move in our hearts. There are places where um, uh, we can't reach. There are places that are too dry. But if we let the Lord with open arms come into our hearts, he'll speak into those situations and breathe new life into new dreams. Dreams that have been dead a long time ago. You didn't even want to look there. If you allow the Holy Spirit to come, he can start something up inside of you. He can inspire something inside of you and says, yep, I can do all things through Christ. With God, all things are possible. This sickness will not take me. This sickness will not uh, define me or this failure will not define my future. Maybe I messed up even in the past, but it will not define my future. My future is in God's hands. He says he has a good plan for me. In Jeremiah 21, most of you know it by heart. He says, I know the plans I have concerning you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future, and to give you a hope. God will go back. I'm doing a class study on Wednesday nights, uh, Foundations, the group. And in that class, we even deal with uh, the things of the past and how God decisively can deliver you from hereditary, habitual, Sin and oppression. God's given us the tools. His word can deliver you. And, 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 and it doesn't, you don't have to be like the past. You don't have to live with the anger that maybe you inherited from your great-grandfather. You don't have to live in poverty if that's your family heritage. You don't have to live. You don't have to define by that if you are a child of God. If you are a son of God, he's given us tools. And we'll be dealing with that on Wednesday nights in that class as well. If you've never taken foundations, I want to encourage you to just go online and put your name in there so we could have some, some uh, material for you. But it would help you be able to break from the past. You don't have to be defined by the past either because we are sons and daughters and therefore we are heirs of every promise that God has for us. Amen.